Hi, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Amplify Your Voice, the SBCCDTA podcast. So have you ever wished that someone would slowly explain a bunch of math to you, sort of just like basic arithmetic, but with a lot of numbers all at once? I am so glad that you said yes, because that is exactly what we're going to do in this podcast. Haven't you ever wondered how teaching three or four classes somehow works out to a 40-hour work week? Haven't you ever wondered why you might teach maybe three classes in a couple labs, but a counselor has 30 hours of contact with students, and somehow you both have the same 40-hour work week? It's kind of magical when you think about it. Speaking of magical, Meredith and I are now going to attempt to explain all work weeks for faculty in a podcast by saying numbers over and over and doing addition. Enjoy. Okay, we're back for like the fourth or fifth time <laughs> on this one, just like podcasting adventure. Podcast we've been on. day. Um, okay, um, we are going to now talk about what a work week is because we use weird language in yes. in education. We say work week. Um, and it's actually usually 35 hours that somehow magically becomes 40. Yes. And we say overload when we mean overtime. Right. Okay. So we're going to talk about what a work week is, how it adds up to 40 hours, and mm-hmm. what overload is, and how you actually get paid for it, which is overtime. We're the only people on earth that pay you less for overtime than we do for your regular job. Yes. And then because <laughs> of the nature of our positions, we do not qualify for overtime. So they have to give it a different word. <laughs> okay. So let's start. So how, how do we work a 40-hour work week? Okay. So, yes, we are 40-hour employees like most people. Um, that is our expected contribution to the district for our pay um, is 40 hours. So it breaks down... It's a combination of your work that you're doing for for the district, which could be teaching or non-instructional. But then it also includes a few other um, tasks that we are expected to do as faculty, as part of our our work as faculty. So we'll start with lecture. We can start okay, with lecture Okay, I've got classes. this handy-dandy oh, table yes, there's in the, the back table. of the contract. Um, and if you want to look at that lecture or at that table and have fun with okay. it, you go so right ahead. It's table one, whole hours, and it says uh, lecture is 15 hours, lab is 21, clinic is 24, NIF? Uh, non-instructional faculty without student contract hours. Okay. You can't understand what that yeah, abbreviation is. I don't know means. why I didn't get NIF with screws. Okay. So non-instructional faculty with student contact Contact hours, hours. so we're looking at at counselors. Counselors, right. 30 hours. Mm -hmm. And then non-instructional faculty without Without student student. contact hours, so we're looking at what, librarians? Uh, Librarians, uh, tutoring, and uh, the nurse, I believe, the uh, coordinator, health center coordinator. Okay, so we're looking at 35 hours there. So it's 15 for lecture, 21 for lab, 24 for clinic. And then non-instructional that talk to students. Um, and that's actually librarians are in there. We, cha- we For a while, librarians were included and they weren't included. But we did decide that they do have contact hours with students. So it's actually librarians and counselors in that one. Okay. 30 hours for librarians and counselors. Mm-hmm. And then I have 35 hours for like a, a coordinator. The tutoring, yeah, the coordinator. Yeah, so anyone that's yes. coordinating really doesn't have that interaction with students, <laughs> even though obviously we all work at a college, we interact with students. Right, But right. not that requirement for hours with a student. Right, with the student, where the students would be providing evaluation to you about your Okay, so let's start at lecture because I'm seeing 15 hours means that I'm working full-time in lecture. Um, and how, 
how on earth would we get from 15 hours to 40 hours? <laughs> yes. So 15 hours is the requirement for full-time, for a number of units for, for a full-time load for faculty. So it has always been, although we now realize we don't actually have this language in there, but this is how it has always been understood. This is how it's been interpreted by everyone since I've been here. You have 15 hours where you are expected to be in the classroom. The other, another 15 hours is spent on prep and grading. Okay. So you have the same amount of time that you'd be in the classroom to also be preparing and grading that class. So if you add those up, that's 30 hours. And then okay. the final 10 hours, you are expected to do five hours of office hours. So we have three hours of scheduled office hours each week and two hours of arranged office hours. And then you have five hours of service to the mm -hmm. district. And that completes then the 40 hours. Service to the district are things like your committee meetings. Um, if you are working on curriculum, um, if you were doing PPR stuff, um, okay. that, that kind of things. Um, when they do short trainings, like the district wants us to do. Oh, like our. Um, like the safety trainings and things like that. The COVID training we had to the do. The COVID training. Those kind of things would be expected to be part of that five hours, um, as long as they're not getting, you know, sending out you know things that they want you to do in one week and it's 10 or 15 hours then we talk about them but if you you know can do it one week and then do something else the next week those okay. are the kind of things that you would be expected to do within okay, those so five hours 15 hours in the classroom 15 hours of prep five hours of office hours and five hours of a service to the district. of district service right, of okay. district services so then it would be the same with lab and clinic so lab is 21 hours um but the, the five hours of office hours and the five hours of district time is not going to change. That does not change. That's So then the that same. means that I only get nine hours right. of prep time. So that additional nine hours to equal the 30 that you would have with the lecture prep, you'd have nine hours with lab. And it, that is also for prep and grading. So the understanding would be that you would spend some time getting ready for your labs. There may be grading, um, you know, after labs, um, and that you would have those nine hours to do those tasks okay so then for clinic they have 24 hours plus the 10 for office hours yes. and district service so mm -hmm. that gets us to 34 30. hours so they have six hours they would have time. six hours of prep time and exactly. that's assuming that your full load is clinic hours yes which is not the case for most people right. but right. just just working with these numbers and, and trying to figure it out right okay so the non-instructional faculty that have student contact hours they have 30 hours right so all their hours are sitting right there in those 30 working with the students and then five more for office hours yes five okay. for office hours and five for service to the district okay and then so the big difference between these two groups the non-instructional with student contact hours and the non-instructional without student contact hours is that they don't have office hours. They do not have office hours because they, they are not meeting with students in the same way, um, but they still have their five hours of service to the district obligation. Um, and so the 35 hours of doing their work plus the five hours of service to the district gets you to your 40 hour work week. Mm. Okay, so our 40 hour work week is made up from whatever we're teaching or whatever obligation we have to students plus five hours for the district and five hours for Office hours. office hours unless we don't have student contact right and then you would not have office hours yeah mm. and then everything left over is dedicated to prep yes um, okay yes. so prep and grading prep and grading um you know and again there may be other things that you're doing you i mean there are sometimes things come up where you might need to i don't know meet with your supervisor or something like that i mean those would be okay. maybe some of those things but in general those hours are designed to be used for prep and grading. If you are getting additional assignments or being asked to do extra work, then that's where you go into the reassign time, 
um, that, that you need to be reassigned from some of your regular teaching if they have these other projects they want you to do. You're not expected to do all of that work in addition to teaching your full load. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so then what happens when I have overload or overtime? Right. So I I have like a a hundred percent of my job is covered and I ended up with extra twenty percent of job. Right, right. And so we have for full time, this is only for full time because again part timers cannot work more than the sixty seven. But if you have your full load um, with Perhaps you have some reassigned time, perhaps you're the department chair, but you're also teaching some classes, you're doing other things, and you end up with more than that 1.0, those, usually it's classes, sometimes it's other work, move into what we call overload. It's basically just work you're doing above a full-time job. Full job. And, okay. and that's what it is. And the expectation is, is that you would be also giving those hours. So if you have overload, then, then you would, should be working more hours than a 40-hour week. Um, that is that is the expectation because you've been given extra duties and extra pay. Um, now, when it when you have a class as an overload, I mean we our salaries are okay, but you're you move into you're working, you get paid for the hours that you have contact with students in overload. So when you're full time and your class is part of your full time duty, you get paid for teaching and prep and grading. When it's overload, you are only being paid for your student contact time. So if it's a three-unit class, you are being paid for three hours a week for 17 and a half weeks, um, and that is your overload pay. They don't call it overtime because overtime, I think, is like time and a half or something. Yes. Um, and technically for faculty, it's like half time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You get to work more but for get paid less. less. So the, less. the same exact class mm -hmm. and overload is worth significantly less money as it would be just in my regular yes. job duties. Uh, absolutely. So even though overload will make my paycheck bigger. Yes, you will. It is more money. The ratio of how much it's making it bigger does not match up to the amount of work no. that goes there. No. Now, the one exception will be is if you have a lab. Um, if you're teaching a lab as your overload, um, lab is because when you are as a full-time faculty member teaching overload, you're in kind of the part-time realm in that overload area, and over part-timers and overload are paid hour per hour. So when it's a lab, we had see the other, here, go listen to the other podcast about how lab <laughs> is calculated. When you teach a lab, you're expected to be in the class three hours a week, so you are paid for three hours you're paid for hour for hour for that lab time. Okay. So if you are teaching a lecture course, you will only be paid for three hours, but if you were, a, a two unit class would be three hours. If you are teaching a two unit lab class, though, you will be paid for nine hours each week. Okay, so, so, so I, it, I look at my contract and, and it says I have full load, and then it has this other section down here and it's got like a 0.26 in mm -hmm. it. Do I have any way of figuring out how much I would be paid for that oh, 0.26? Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, it, it, you can. You have to figure out whether it's lecture or lab. If okay. it's lecture, then it's going to be the hours that that would be for that. So if okay, so if it's lecture, I take the point two six and I multiply it by four, fifteen, right? Yes, because it's going to be lecture hours. Yes. Okay, and then I multiply that by whatever step I'm Your at. Your step on on the salary schedule. Yes. Mm -hmm. For the part time salary schedule, because I am a part timer yes. for those hours. Yes, full time or part timers when it comes to overload. Okay, yes. and if that point two six sitting down there is for lab, then I multiply it by twenty one. Right. And that is that will tell you the number of hours 
for that semester that you would be paid for that class. Which is why lab is paid more. So yes. lecture is worth 15 hours, lab is worth 21. Mm -hmm. So if that, that overload sitting down there is for lab, I'm going to multiply it against that bigger number and yes. so I get paid more. Yes. Now, um, whereas we have contract language that says which order these things need to go in, we do not have contract language stating which goes first in your load. Does the lab go in your load and then the lecture is overload? Or does the lecture go into your regular load and your lab goes as overload? I always encourage you to insist that it go lecture in your load and lab as, as your overload, overload because which it, makes sense because you get paid more. You get paid more, but it also makes sense that the district probably doesn't do that a lot. Oh no, no, they try to go the <laughs> other way because they want you to do as many hours within your contract, um, and then the teaching they just pay you for the three hours. So I always okay. encourage people to to insist that the lecture go because it is most advantageous to the faculty teaching it. Okay, mm -hmm. so just one more time. Once I have crossed over that uh, one unit, one one mm -hmm. for my load. 100%, anything left over. If it's for lecture, I multiply it by 15, and then go look up how much I would be paid for a part-time on the part-time schedule in the contract, and multiply that hourly. That's what I would get paid a week. Yes. Um, if it's for lab, then I would do the same thing, but I would multiply it against 21, still look up in the contract yes. where I would be on the part-time salary schedule, and then um, multiply that by the hours. That's what I get paid per week. Per week. Right. Okay. Because that would be the number of hours you're expected to work for that overload each week, paid hour by hour. Mm -hmm. um, and so then that, just quickly before we finish, the, that is, the other question we do get is a little bit about overload. Um, obviously, part-timers don't, can't do overload by the limits of the law, but full-time faculty can do overload. Mm -hmm. And so just quickly, we have a couple people have a question about how this works and how, how overload works in terms of being assigned. Um, so, our contract says priority is always given to full-time faculty to take overload before it is offered to part-timers. So if there are limits on how much overload a full-time person can take, a full-time faculty member can take, but it is supposed to be offered to any full-timer who wants overload first. Um, so when the department chair is making up the schedule, she should ask if there's if full-time faculty want to teach any overload, want extra classes, they can request those classes faculty with more seniority even within the full-time faculty so full-time faculty with more seniority in a department or a division get first get choice, first choice okay. of, of, of overload of taking overload but if they're like no I don't want it I've got enough going on I don't want any overload then it goes down the full-time faculty um, within that discipline and that's before it hits the part-time seniority is, list it is supposed to be before it goes to any part-timer Okay. Um, and some some faculty, full-time faculty, like overload. Some people don't. They just it really just depends. Once I think it depends on whether or not they did the math. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was gonna say how much they want to work for the amount uh, that they're gonna be paid. Um, but in in the event, and then there are still classes left over. Full-time doesn't want all this overload. That's when it goes then to the the part-timers, um, and again goes down the seniority list with the part-timers in terms of offering classes or based on the process that, that each um, department or discipline has, has decided. Um, I will say though, for full-time, um, overload is not guaranteed. It is, there is no guarantee of overload. Um, obviously, if you have more classes than you have full-time faculty, then, then there's gonna be overload available. Um, but it's not guaranteed in that if you were to take on a class as overload and that class gets canceled, as a full-time faculty, you do not have bumping rights for a part-timer to get your overload back. 
Right. Okay. So if you take a class for overload, you're like, okay, I want to teach this class as overload, and that overload class gets canceled, you are not guaranteed to get that overload back. Mm. Okay. So if I'm a full-time faculty and I took a bunch of overload and then my class didn't make enrollment, my overload class didn't make enrollment. Right. Or any of my classes. If any of your classes, if you have any of your regular classes, then your overload would become your load. Right? Okay, so it just sort of shuffles around. Right. I, I do not have the power to usurp a class from a part-timer no. to make to up maintain. for overload. Right, no. Okay. So if, you, if you're a regular class and your overload become your regular class, but let's say all your regular classes meet and you're going to go, you had one overload class that you were going to teach and that overload class doesn't make enrollment and they cancel it, then you're out. Then you're out. You you can't say, I want that class that that part-timer is teaching. So the only times that I would be able to do that would be because yes. I didn't make loads. You, you, the, district, the district won't pay me to work for free. No. You, the, district, the other way. So <laughs> the district won't pay me to do nothing. Do nothing. <laughs> right. Um, the district is obligated to give you a full load um, of teaching. So if you had your only your just do five lecture classes your five lecture classes and one of them didn't make because of enrollment then then you would at that point have to bump out a part-time right and class. not by choice because I would be okay with just right. teaching the four classes right. and being paid full-time well and sometimes they give you <laughs> other things to do maybe they're like you know what we have a point two of other duties that we'll have give you reassigned time for this semester and okay. we do that instead um, they don't like taking the classes away from part-timers either but if they have to they will um, but I do just point that out that if as full time, if your overload gets canceled, you are out. You, you're out. You don't have bumping rights. You can't take those classes from a part timer um, once they've been assigned to the part timer. So okay, so that covered what overload is, how it relates to overtime, but is not paid at an overtime rate. No. Mm-mm. And then um, what a forty hour work week is. And who has um, bumping rights when overload is canceled? And essentially the answer is nobody. Nobody. Mm -hmm. Nobody. All right. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that helps us understand what a 40-hour work week is for full-time faculty. Yep. Um. Hi, me again, Brandy, here to thank you for listening and to remind you to hit that subscribe button so that you can stay up to date with your local union. Thank you.